Hi, I'm Veronica, and I'm your sleep guide tonight. Let's begin by taking a deep breath, and then another. As we breathe, we're going to begin to quiet our minds, thinking only with anticipation about the stories we're about to hear. As you breathe, relax your hands and your feet. Then move that relaxing feeling to your legs and arms. Release any tenseness that you have in your limbs. Lastly, let's let our torso sink deep into our mattress. Deep, deep, deep. One more breath and we're ready to begin. I have been staying in this house for some time now. I grew up here, so I know every nook and cranny. My parents moved out a while ago, leaving me here to take care of the place, I assume. They didn't say anything to me. They just packed their stuff and left. I guess they rented out from time to time, as I've seen so many people come and go. Some were cool, some were assholes, but all in all, it hasn't been that bad. I stay in the attic. I turned it into a bedroom a while back. It's a little crumpled, but how much space does a guy like me really need? Sometimes when I'm bored, I like to sit up there and reflect on some of the people I've come in contact with during their stay here. Like the businessman, Mr. Reynolds. He was cool. Mid-30s ladies' man. Kept this place looking sharp for the ladies, of course. He was always talking to some Chinese-looking guy on what he called his laptop. I really don't know what that is. Then one day he just disappeared. Some people came and took his stuff shortly after that. I wonder whatever happened to him. Anyway, then there were what I like to call, for lack of a better term, the high guys. Two stoner buddies that like to sit around all day drink beer, play video games, and get stoned. Who am I to judge anyone? To each their own, I always say. But they trash this place. I can't have that. I tried everything I could to get them out of here, but they were so high most of the time they thought I was a hallucination and laughed it off. I stayed in my room the day the cops came to the house and took them away. Who's laughing now? There's been many families move in and out. None of them really stay too long. Moms and dads with a couple of kids, sometimes just mom and kids, sometimes just dad. Aside from a few screaming matches and the sounds of lovemaking on occasion, we all seem to pretty well get along. I really enjoy playing with the kids though. They're so much fun playing hide and seek, duck, duck, goose, games like that. It made me feel alive. I really miss those kids. But now, there's Susan. She moved in about six months ago. Susan is amazing. She's single with no kids, though she does have a cat, Oscar. Oscar doesn't like me at all. Every time I, I come into the room, he stands up, curls his back, and hisses at me like he's ready to attack. I don't want any trouble, so I just leave Oscar alone. Susan goes to work early every morning and doesn't return till late at night. 
sometimes after dark. I don't know exactly what she does for a living, but I'm sure I will find out eventually. She spends most of her days off just watching Hallmark movies and eating lots of ice cream. I don't understand why, but as pretty as she is, she can do whatever she likes. Susan's about five feet four inches, late 20s, maybe early 30s, with beautiful long brown hair, these amazing green eyes, and a voice like an angel. Susan may be the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in a long time, but her housekeeping skills leave a lot to be desired. It's not that she's a slob or anything. It's just that she doesn't clean up after herself very well. So on occasion, while she's at work, just to help out, I will pick up the cups and dishes from around the house and put them in the sink. Pick up her clothes. I don't know what kind of perfume she uses, but it does smell good. Anyway, I will pick up her clothes on the hamper, sweep the floor, turn the lights out, things like that. Nothing really major, just the basics. It always makes me happy to see the smile on her face when she comes home and sees the house is straightened up. She just stands there smiling as she always says, thank you. Anything for you, Susan. Anything. I'm so taken by Susan that sometimes at night, I like to go stand at her bedroom door and just watch her sleep. She looks so peaceful. I would like nothing more than to lay beside her with my arms around her waist and just hold her. Maybe someday. I know it's only been a little while, but I think I'm falling in love with her. I want to tell her how I feel. I want to show her. I think I'll do it tonight when she gets home. What's that? Some kind of folder on the table. HPRC. Hamilton Paranormal Research Center. Case file number 137. Paranormal? I've never seen this before. She must have left it behind when she left for work today. I'll just take a peek. Hey, that's a picture of Susan. What does it say underneath lead investigator? Wow, sounds important. Here's a letter. I can barely read the writing. I hereby give my permission to any member of the HPRC to live in my residence for the sole purpose of obtaining evidence of paranormal activity within and assist in removal of said activity. Hmm? I can't read the signature, but there's that word again. There's more. A newspaper clipping from 1974. What does it say? Yesterday, the only son, Michael, age 17, of respected banker William Bernard and his family, Emily, was found dead in an apartment, accidental fall from the attic door to the hallway below. The cause of death was a broken neck. The incident occurred in their home located at 19 Chestnut Street. Wait, Michael Bernard? That's my name and that's my address. Those are my parents. What? I'm dead? I can't be dead. I can see, I can feel, I can touch. I remember the fall. I remember getting up. I remember my mother coming up the stairs crying because I fell. Wait. She wasn't looking at me. She was looking at the dead me on the floor. I remember now. The two men in suits coming over and taking my body away. 
all my relatives coming over a few days later dressed in black crying, talking about I was too young to go. Go where? I didn't understand it then. I didn't go anywhere. I understand now. I'm a ghost. That explains everything. Why Mr. Reynolds never answered me when I talked to him. He couldn't see me. He couldn't hear me. Why the stoners thought I was a hallucination. Because in their altered state of mind, they could see me. Just thought they were imagining it. Why the parents of the children would always ask their kids, who are you talking to? Then scream at me to leave their kids alone. They couldn't see me either. That's why her cat hates me. It's why my parents just up and left one day. I thought they left me the house. Come to think of it, I haven't seen them in years. And why Susan was always smiling when I cleaned up. It wasn't because I did it. She was looking for evidence of my existence. She wants to get rid of me. I don't want to leave. I like it here. This is my house. I'm not leaving without a fight. She wants evidence. I'll give her evidence. I really loved her. I helped her. I even tolerated her damn cat. Well, screw all that. I've been nice so far, but after this, no more Mr. Nice Guy. She should be home soon. I'll wait right here so when she comes through the door, game on. What you're about to hear is a dramatized audio translation of the events that occurred at 19 Chestnut Street, July 25th, 2018, starting at approximately 9.08 p.m. and ending at approximately 9.27 p.m. This translation was taken from the video surveillance cameras and audio microphones placed in the living room area, kitchen, upstairs hallway, and master bedroom of the home. Translation goes as follows. 9.08 p.m. Susan Meyer, former lead investigator for the Hamilton Paranormal Research Center, arrives at the home and enters through the front door. 9.09. A small manila folder sitting on the coffee table begins to shake and eventually takes flight in the direction of Mrs. Meyer striking her between the eyes, causing a small cut in her skin and tiny droplets of blood to flow down her face. 9.10. A large curio cabinet to her right seems to move out by itself and about three inches from the wall, crashes to the floor in front of her, pinning her between it and the floor, at which time Mrs. Meyer screams, Michael, why are you doing this? 9-11. A humming sound is heard. The volume intensifies and forms into what appears to be a voice saying, this is my house. 9-12. All lights under surveillance start turning on and off by themselves, doors opening and closing repeatedly. The front door opens so hard that it strikes Mrs. Meyer in the back, knocking her over the broken cabinet and onto the floor, dropping her purse in the process. What appears to be a strong gust of wind blows through the living room area, so hard that it knocks over a table lamp and several knickknacks off the shelves, sending them crashing to the floor below. 9.15. From the floor, Mrs. Meyer screams, Michael, stop. I know this is your house. I know. Stop. 9.16. A small cat enters the frame from the bottom left corner of the screen 
and immediately flies backward off the screen, the sound of it hitting the wall and scurrying away is heard soon after. 9.18. All activities stop. Mrs. Meyer stands grabbing my purse and says, Michael, listen to me. I know you're mad. I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay. I quit my job today to be with you. I want to be with you here in this house. 9.21. What appears to be a large mass of black fog appears on camera forming into what looks like a person. 9.22. Staring directly into the fog, Mrs. Meyer says, Michael, I can finally see you. I love you. I love everything you do for me. And now we'll always be together. 9.24. Reaching into her purse, Mrs. Meyer produces a small handgun and places it to her temple. 9.25. All video surveillance cameras shut down and lose signal. Only audio remains. 9.26. One single gunshot is heard, then the sound of something heavy hitting the floor. 9.27. All transmissions are lost. The body of Susan Meyer was found dead after a neighbor called 911 to report what sounded like a gunshot. Officers arrived on the scene to find the house in disarray and Mrs. Meyer's bloody corpse lying on the floor in the living room area, the victim of an apparent suicide. The body was taken to the county morgue where the cause of death was confirmed. The results for case number 137 are as follows. The home is believed to be completely consumed by a malevolent evil spirit. Any further investigation may result in injury and or death of another member of this organization. I will not take that risk. Case number 137 is now closed and will never be spoken of again. My condolences to the Meyer family. Thank you for your time. David Weinhart, Director of Operations, HPRC. My Parents' Haunted House. This is the first time I'm posting anything online about this. I'm a 31-year-old woman, married, and recently moved back in with my parents due to moving back to the town I grew up. My husband and I are taking our time looking for our own place due to wanting something nice in the area that is usually hard to find. This story takes place in my parents' house starting back 10 years ago. A description of the house for a bit of context is a two-story brick stone house and city limits, but still surrounded by nothing but woods. You have to go through a garage at least into the kitchen with the first bedroom to your left. Past the kitchen is the main living room and to the right is the hall that is very open. In this area, you will find the main dining room and second living area, but if you continue straight, you will see the staircase to your left and even further straight is my parents' bedroom and bathroom. Going up the stairs, you will come to the third living area. Yes, this is a huge house with two sets of French doors side by side that lead outside to the balcony. Going straight, there's a sharp left that leads you to the other three bedrooms and two bathrooms. This is where the story takes place. The first time I stepped foot into this house, I immediately felt off, like something just wasn't right. I felt a presence, but I didn't know what or who it was. 
I brushed it off thinking I was just reading too much into it. I continued to fill this for the next couple of years, and because of this, I didn't much enjoy visiting them. My parents liked to gamble a lot back then, so they would ask me to babysit my baby brother and sister one day on the weekend. My boyfriend, now husband, loved them, so he would always babysit with me. The first few times, I really didn't pay attention to the feeling I would get because we would be busy playing or eating with the kids. After that, things kind of chilled out and we would end up watching movies until it was time for us to go to bed. Now, my husband is a freak of nature. It's like he falls asleep the second his eyes are closed. Me, on the other hand, takes forever to get comfortable to wind down my mind. I also don't sleep well even when I finally do get to sleep. This night was the first time I saw and heard something in this brand new house. In this room, the bed is facing the doorway, but not directly in front of it. With the double doors open, you can see the front of the staircase and all the way down the hallway. As long as the light is on, that is. This night, only one of the hallway lights were on. I was laying in bed with the TV on, but the volume down low so I could hear if one of the kids called me. I was almost asleep when I heard one of my siblings coming down the stairs. I opened my eyes a bit and waited for them to get to the bottom, but they never did. I didn't think anything of it. I closed my eyes and began to drift off again. A few minutes later, I hear it again. So I open my eyes and wait, but again, they never get to the bottom. This time I sit up, listen, a bit spooked, but nothing I can't handle. I get a bit nervous, but still I go to check and see if they are there and maybe they're scared to come all the way down. No one is there. Confused and thinking I must be dreaming it up, I go back to bed, this time closing one of the double doors. It was a few hours later, around 2.30 a.m., when I feel like someone is very near me, as if they're standing next to the bed right in front of me. Usually when I open my eyes, I would see the green glow of the alarm clock on the bedside table, but this time I saw nothing. It was pitch black. I couldn't even see the hallway light on and the TV had turned off and on its own. I felt like I couldn't move. I was awake now and scared to my bones. I was finally able to call out to my husband loud enough to wake him. He reached over and turned on the light. And right then, the scared feeling went away, and I was able to move again. I freaked out and started crying. I couldn't even begin to explain to him what happened, because even if I had, he didn't believe in those things. So I told him I was having a nightmare and asked him to go check on the kids. When he came back, he said the kids were fine, got back in the bed. With the light on, I was able to fall asleep, but it took me forever. The next day, I told my mom about what happened, and that's when she told me. She had been hearing footsteps on the stairs at night and even saw someone standing by the door at times. She didn't tell anyone because she didn't want to scare the kids. This is when she had told me what she had done. She wanted to know what was going on in her house, so she went and bought a voice recorder. One day she decided to use it and went up the stairs while everyone was gone. She asked your typical questions of, who is here, what do you want, and why are you here? And then said, you have passed away and need to go into the light. You are not welcome here. 
The next day, she decided to leave the recorder in one of the bedrooms upstairs while it was recording for about four hours while she was out running errands. I asked if she had checked it, and to my surprise, she said she was too afraid to listen to it alone. I wanted to listen to it. Off we went to the computer and began listening to it after it was uploaded. During the four hours she was gone, you could hear something clicking or tapping. Sounds of a drawer opening and closing, but we weren't for sure. Then we listened to the part where she was asking questions. Now you could hear a sound that resembles a fan or maybe static throughout the whole thing. So some sounds were indistinguishable. But the one we did hear chilled us to the core. When she asked, what do you want? It gave us an answer. The answer was Jamie. It didn't answer any other questions except for that one. I cried immediately. He wasn't having night terrors for no reason. Something was there for him every night. We soon asked a friend to cleanse the house. For a long time, everything had been okay. My brother stopped having night terrors. My mom was able to sleep comfortably and all was good again. Until now. I've been living in this house for a month and a half. For the last three weeks, I've been seeing things everywhere, especially when I'm alone. Because of this, I won't stay alone anymore. I get this strong feeling of being watched. I had the feeling of someone pulling on my blanket at night. I think it's time for another cleanse. Oh, and just an FYI, I am the third generation in my mother's side of the family that is able to see spirits. My dad's side of the family has in the past, before I was born, practiced black magic. I don't like speaking stuff to them, and I won't dabble in any of the spiritual stuff most people do. I stay as far away from it as possible, and I recommend that you do too. Even if you're careful, these spirits can haunt for a long time, even after you are gone. Update. So I'm sitting in the living room floor playing with my nephew. Mom's on the left couch and sister's on the right couch. My nephew has a toy piano that is made of cloth and can be folded up. This piano is behind us in the corner with all my nephew's other toys. We are talking and watching my nephew attempt to walk when this piano makes a sound. It's like someone is pressing the keys slowly. We stop and stare and then look at each other shocked when the keys are pressed rapidly until it finally shuts off on its own. Mom and I are not scared. My sister is terrified due to something happening to her last night around midnight. I hope you enjoyed tonight's stories and I hope you're fast asleep. Sweet dreams.